Hurry in during Ram Truck Month and discover what it truly means to drive a truck that's built to serve. Ram 3500 with an available legendary Cummins engine. Ram TRX, the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. And Ram 1500, ranked number one in driver appeal among large light-duty pickups in 2022. That's three years in a row by J.D. Power. Hurry in during Ram Truck Month. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Millions of despairing men, women and little children. Victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. We cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and sea to the far corners of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. As one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization. Most of the people in here are just your reflections. They're your mistakes. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. One million of the planet's eight million species are threatened. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, it's going to be a habit, not an act. Your lives and the credibility of the United Nations is at stake. Absolutely killed The reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization. They're trying to take you out with bullshit. The experience of the past two years has proven beyond doubt that no nation can appease the Nazi. Those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed. The bitterness of men will fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass, and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. In the language of the U.S. Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena. Roswell is a very interesting place. A lot of people over there get what's going on. Uh, there is very compelling evidence that we, uh, we may not be alone. This is the Garden of Doom. Welcome everyone into Garden of Doom. This week it's going to be a little bit more like Garden of Light. Um, and we're going to focus a little bit more on the garden. And don't let the name fool you. The Garden of Doom is still a garden, just like any other garden with with plants and flora and fauna. It needs sunlight, it needs water, it needs nutrients in its soil, it needs air. So today we're going to focus a little bit more on garden than on doom. My guests this week were, were sort of like almost like secondhand referrals through. I'm just going to use the the, the Twitter handle because I wasn't authorized to use the name Perceptions Today. So check out that Twitter site. Uh, but he's referred guests such as R.N. Vu to us and Robert Phoenix, among others. So very excited to have uh, some more guests 
sort of that were led to us from that direction, which has been a lot of fun. So without further ado, my guests today, they are, uh, they're, they're uh, teaching uh, and educating and following a path on something called light dialogic. And my two guests are Eileen Meyer. She is a mystic visionary author, lifetime contactee, and translator of light sound frequency data. Over her lifetime, she was coached by her guides to feel and interpret the cosmic language through a series of visions, dreams, downloads, and bioenergetic upgrades. She perceives this musical streaming intelligence as coming from a luminous group of godlike beings, emissaries from both ancient and future aspects of ourselves, which is very cool. We've token, spoken to Maya Christine and M.G. Stevens and some other folks who've talked about similar things, as well as some of our friends over at Voodoo Authentica who talk about this a lot and, and a lot of the shamans. And that brings us to our next guest, who is Eduardo. He's an author and a Mayan Aikij, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. He will correct me later in a few moments. In the tradition of the Kichi Maya, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong also, or there's a pretty good chance of it. He was initiated on the Camino de Agua and Camino del Fuego. I think I got those right. And has walked this path with respect to these sacred teachings for over 20 years. And he generously serves his community through sacred wisdom, ceremony, and the practice of the ancient art of Ike or IQ, mystical spiritual breath. Again, he is here. He's going to correct me on all of my mispronunciations, which I'm sure are bountiful. So thank you both for being here. And just in whatever terms you would like to just introduce yourselves and improve upon the biographies that I provided. I'll just say hi, uh, Jeff, and thank you for having us on. And thank you to Perceptions today and all of those who um, gather uh, with that group. It's, I haven't been on Twitter in a while, but um, it's just because I've been so busy, but um, I do miss connecting with all those folks, and I'm happy to be here with you. And uh, I'll let Eduardo um, fill you in on the pronunciations. <laughs> it's okay, Jeff. Very few people know how to pronounce what we call ourselves. Um, my name is Eduardo Griego Gonzalez. I'm an Achkich, which means a lord or a counter of the days of the Kiiche Maya tradition in the Mayan calendar system that we use. Um, that uh, means that I've been initiated on both the uh, the water of uh, the water path as well as the path of fire. And uh, the whole plan is to have people come and learn from the Kiiche Maya there in Guatemala, in Central America, in Mesoamerica, uh, what human beings are supposed to know about uh, living on planet Earth. And it's all based on their sacred calendar system. We've all heard of the Mayan calendar and the complications that came up in 2012 about the, mis the misinterpretations of what the calendar was and how it was supposed to work and so forth. So in any, in any case, uh, we're measuring basically the movement of the planets and uh, our sun and the planets that rotate around it, around a great big, in a big circle of time that we call time. There is no time actually, it's just movement. And it rotates around our central sun. Uh, in the English language, she's referred to as Alcyon. And in the Kiche Maya uh, teachings, we call her Hun Akpu. Uh, and so that 
that's in a nutshell what the the Mayan calendar is really based on is this movement around uh, our center. Thank you for that. That that's a great explanation. And yeah, I, one the first thing I wrote down, like every now and then you'll see me writing notes, and the first thing I wrote down was the obvious one. 2012. You know, 2012 was supposed to be the end of the Mayan calendar, which a lot of people took as the harbinger of the end of everything. I mean, there's always some group or groups are going to take everything as a signal of the end of everything. And even on a show called Garden of Doom, we don't subscribe to that so literally. <laughs> but what, 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 what was the whole deal with 2012? And was it just that the, the Mayans could only write so many years into the future before they ran out of space and said, this is enough. This is far enough into the future. That we'll do. We'll do another calendar, another five hundred years of show, and we'll cover the rest. Or, or is there is is there something to this? Is there something more technical to it? Actually, there's a lot uh, to it. Um, however, the reason why the the year two thousand twelve came up is that there was a stele or a stone carving that was found that had a date inscribed uh, on its face that when interpreted in or extrapolated into the Gregorian calendar um, came to uh, that time in 2012. December 21st, 2012 was the so-called date that was there. Um, there was a lot of misunderstanding regarding that calendar system. And um, so in essence, it was just misinterpreted is, is all I can really say. And uh, I think like a lot of things, Jeff, um, there are people that really want to uh, use fear to create, uh, take people's energy away from them, actually. And and so this time was, was planted as, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be the end of the world. And However, no, nothing was ever said like that by the elders of the Mayan teachings of any of the indigenous teachings of the Americas. Everything was uh, taught to us that we are in this giant movement in our movement, uh, what we call uh, the universe. Our, we call it the universe. It's different titles and different names in the Kiiche teachings. But it's just the measuring of time, of our time on planet Earth, where we go uh, around in a circle for 24 hours and around the sun in 365 days. And all of that stuff is is taken into consideration. Um, however, it's all based on this 25,920-year cycle of Earth and uh, our planetary system, our sun and all the planets rotate around it, to move around Alcyone. And the, all, the whole concept of this time is, measure, is measured on what it's like to be a human being living on planet Earth at, at this time. And again, time doesn't exist in, in their world. It's simply a, a way of measuring the movement around our central sun. Right. Let me see if I understand this correctly, because I, I know enough about astrology and astronomy to be dangerous, but a little bit more than dangerous. Oh. So my understanding is that this 25,920 years is actually however how long it actually takes for our movements for the entire Zodiac, the 12 signs of the Zodiac, even the poor 13th one that got kicked out, um, to make it fully around 
their entire procession. So I, I actually made a joke on Facebook earlier. There was, you know, that, you know, if you need a reason to live, just know that if the Sphinx is really 9,000 years old, that you only have to wait another 15,000 or so years for the celestial year to to conclude. And then the when we're back in Leo and the, the riddle of Sphinx will be solved. So just, you know, just last enough 15,900 years and you'll be fine. So, so, so basically, I, I can't use, I don't know the right words, but it's, it's basically something to do with the ecliptic of, the, of how we measure our equator to a celestial equator, to the sun, to some center point where we, wherever you want to start the zodiac, whatever it is, if you start at Aries, it takes just under 26,000 years for Aries to rotate and be in the same space again from our vantage point in the universe. So that's the procession we're talking about. And as you say, time is just a measurement of the movement. It's an artificial construct of the measurement of the movement. How'd I do with that? Pretty well. I, I don't quite understand all of the dimensions of, of normal astrology. Uh, the, 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 the Zodiac, I guess, is the correct way to refer to it. However, I can say that uh, basically you got it right, that it is about the movement of our entire cosmos as we know it to move around the center of our uh, universe. No, that's not and correct. Each- not universe it would be the question comes in is Sirius the center of our super universe and is Alcyone the center of our, of our so-called um, planetary system that we make this big rotation around Alcyone, but we're also making a bigger giant, rotation around Sirius. And I think that's the way to look at it. What what we get confused about is trying to keep uh, all of this information about the Zodiac and how the movement of Pluto now coming into um, Capricorn or coming into uh, Aquarius. Yeah, uh, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's very uh, convoluted and confusing to, uh, to me. And I, I like the way that the elders of the Mesoamerican teachings have um, taught this information is that it is all about movement and uh, not to get wrapped up in the names of things, but to understand that everything is moving all the time. And uh, as we are moving, there are uh, aspects of our sun and our central sun that are affecting all of the things we experience as what we call life. As you know, that our sun is producing a lot of CME or coronal mass ejections as well as solar flares. We call them, so some people call them solar flares. That, that sun energy that we're receiving is part of the light that we receive. According to these ancient teachings, we're also receiving light from the central sun. Again, we refer to her as, as Alcyone. Uh, the Maya call her Hun Hunakpu. And it, it is the mother sun of seven other suns that rotate around her. So, in, in fact, there's eight suns in that make up the Pleiades. And as all of those suns are moving around her on a closer um, uh, circle, we're moving around in a very large circle, a very uh, 25,000, almost 26,000 year cycle around her. And okay, so go ahead. Let me. Uh, so, Sirius, that is in what people consider to be the paw of the bear. Now, is it in 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 uh, er, 
well, not Bear, in Taurus, right? Is is it in the, where, where is Sirius? I should just ask that. Well, Sirius. Which, which, which in the constellation that, I, I, I have a feeling, like if I ask you if the zodiac signs in Maya are the same, you know, Scorpio, Libra, Aries, that there's probably different symbols, but if yeah. just using just using the symbols that you know, if you go into the the newspaper today in America, wh- where would Siri Sirius be? Because I, I I know that Sirius is a fixed point. It's either the foot of the Archer in Sagittarius, or it's either in the Bear or the Bull somewhere there. Uh, I don't know that. Yeah, I, I actually don't know, but I can tell you that Sirius is in the center of our entire, uh, what we call super universe that's moving around her, around this, what this, the sun, this light. It looks like Eileen's probably going to. Uh, it's in the constellation of Canis Major. Oh, Leo. So, okay. It's in the Paul of Leo. So, okay. Uh, well, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't know. Anyway, it's a, it's in a fixed point. Um, and what are the equivalent Zodiac signs in, in my, obviously they're not, Scorpio, Libra, Virgo. I mean, do they, do they have, were any of the symbols the same? I mean, it's amazing that like, because the 25,900 figure isn't just the, I mean, the Egyptians figured it out, yeah. others figured it out too. And, and they all have different symbols. I mean, we all seem to have adopted the ones because I don't know, Rome, I don't know, whatever, somebody. Right. Um, yeah. But what, what, were the, what, what were there, whether they're corresponding 12, if in fact it is, Twelve. I mean, I believe it is because I remember that they had 12 30-day months and then sort of like five to six days of sort of what they call dead days, which were basically like festivals sort of or, well, or were well, if, I, if I may, let me correct you. The There are Please. 18 months of 20 days in mm-hmm. the Mayan uh, hob, what we call the H-A-A-B is the way it's spelled, hob calendar. And there's one month of five days. And they call that the the Yeb, and it means the time out of time. And it's the time when we shouldn't be doing anything except, uh, you know, sitting on Mother Earth and just connecting. In, in any case, the the understanding is, is that these 18 months of 20 days are all different names than any of the zodiac signs that we presently think of and we, when we study that aspect. I think there's only one that, that Coro looks the same and it's the scorpion uh, however it they don't call it that it's it's the, the the essence of it is is that we have one called uh, that refers to uh, uh zots which is the bat we have uh, a serpent which is called uh khan so all of these different names make up their understanding of what our local uh, zodiac system uh, would be so again, it gets a whole another world to be looking at both. Try to compare them. Uh, the the essence that I think is interesting, bringing up the star system, is that uh, in in the area of Khan energy, we call that the uh, Ishmat in the Kiiche language means the place of the Pleiades, where there are seven rattles of the rattlesnake's tail, and that the head of the serpent, uh, what we call uh, the, the mouth of Kukulkan is actually on earth and it represents a portal. And that portal is where uh, apparently beings could enter and, and go to the Pleiades, uh, which is 444 light years away. They could be there in a matter of 
moment, let's say. Uh, again, there is no such thing as time, so it's difficult to communicate what happened. It's simply they're there, and they can also come and go. And and basically the teachings of the Kiiche coming from the Pol Pol Vu, that book that was written about the creation of these people, they refer to these four beings that came from the Pleiades as Balams, B-A-L-A-M, is the word for jaguar beings that came from the Pleiades. So it takes us into a whole other aspect of understanding the connection between Earth and these planets or, or these places where people live in the stars, which I find very exciting and interesting, and it gives me hope. <laughs> I find it fascinating. Yeah. And I'm already you know, conceiving. So one, I want everyone to forgive me for... Uh, what I was referring to, or my point of reference, is I read a book by a guy named Gary Jennings called Aztec. And so almost all of my knowledge of everything in Mesoamerican sort of culture, aside from podcasts and reading and some other guests, comes from there. And so that's where that came from. And it's probably an enormous mistake to think that Aztec and Mayan is identical. There may be overlaps or borrowing from each other, but it's not the same. Um, so that's obviously on me. Uh, when you say the six suns in Pleiades, are these the same stars that people often refer to as the seven sisters? Well, the, yeah, that's, the seven sisters represent the center, Alcyone, and six other stars that wrote, that are near her. And then our sun is also one of the, of the family of those stars. It's probably the best word I could use. And this, this portal, it almost sounds like the Bifrost in, in Norse mythology as well. So portals ah. is certainly, and I mean, portals in mythology is, and, and theosophy. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, Muhammad rode, what, a rainbow up to, up to heaven? I mean, you know, what's that if not a portal? So, you know, things that I, I use those comparisons, which, you know, is a little bit dangerous just as to say, well, that sounds weird. No, it doesn't. You just never thought about it in those terms before. Right. So anyway, I just wanted to, you know, bring it down to a little bit of sidewalk level, uh, which is where I exist. But yeah, that, that was fantastic. I don't know if you wanted to say more right now, if, or if we wanted to let Eileen jump in and sort of, yeah, sure. you know, please, give her, please, you know, Eileen. Um, not really sure what to comment on, except um, that I really respect Eduardo and uh, the wisdom that he's gathered uh, from the elders in Guatemala, uh, as well as his uh, studies and his practice of the ceremonies and his teaching of it uh, to his students. I was his student back in 2021, we started, no, 2001, um, and uh, I walked the sacred Mayan fire path with Eduardo and uh, ended up in Tikal for my initiation. And um, I chose not to uh, be to practice, to become a priest. Uh, I knew that I had uh, other um, another kind of mission, but it was very much um, hand in hand with the Mayan wisdom. Um, I just want to say, too, that the reason why Eduardo and I are 
partnering uh, on this light dialogic project. We've actually partnered on many spiritual teaching um, platforms, if you will, uh, over the years um, because... The Maryland Transportation Authority is hosting a hiring event for highway maintenance technicians Tuesday, April 25th from 1 to 6 p.m. with same-day interviews. No experience necessary. Benefits include health care, on-the-job training, tuition reimbursement, a great leave package, and more. Join us at the Fort McHenry Tunnel Maintenance Building at 4000 Leland Avenue in Baltimore. Learn more at mdta.maryland.gov. You belong at the MDTA. What we see happening is the new information or, quote, new information coming in through um, the messages that started coming through me after my kundalini awakening. Everything changed after that with my brain and the worldview and perceptions. Everything opened up and it took a lot of time. And I would say it's still taking um, it's still in process. It always will be, I feel, um, because it's expansion now. Uh, it points to this time as an intersection. And this is what correlates with the Mayan wisdom, um, that this is an opportunity for us to bridge uh, from our uh, ancient roots, our uh, ancestral lineage, you know, kind of connecting all of that together. And when I say ancestral, I'm almost, I'm almost want to say primordial, you know, just this movement into uh, a new way of being new to us, a way of being that is possible because we were designed to be uh, what some people like to call divine humans. We have far more uh, within us, in our inner technology, than we've been told. And um, we could go off in a gazillion different directions from that, from just that statement uh, of why we're living uh, in a world that looks like it does and why it's so confusing and um, why it's so important to rediscover the, the inner realms, the inner consciousness, um, because once we start moving within, we start to uh, have a lot of aha moments or revelations, if you will, about, oh, now that I'm using my, you know, uh, what, what we could term feminine technology, because the feminine has been suppressed. Uh, and the reason why we're all so focused on the mental data, there's a whole other way of perceiving and receiving data. And this is what my contact over the years has um, shown me or revealed to me. Uh, It's like I've become a student uh, of this inner um, uh, intelligence uh, that that first presented as ETs or external beings. Uh, And because I knew that it was never quite right to find a box that exists in our external world. You know, like everybody's got the names and the terms and it fits here and it fits here. Boom, done. Now we don't have to have anxiety about it anymore because we know what it means, right? No, 
No, we don't. <laughs> that exploration goes on and on and on, on an inter internal level. Then we begin to understand, oh, here's what the serpent means in the portal and the, you know, it, it, we can't just understand it from our uh, external projections into the world or from opinions that we each might have based on what, what each of us read and how we uh, digested that data. Right. It's it's this this data that is cosmic, that is who we are through the field. Um, we can connect to that and we can get it, you know, straight um, it from <laughs> I want to say the horse's mouth, but <laughs> you know, we can get it straight from the source uh, instead of arguing uh, about with each other about what's right and what's wrong. And then one more point. Once we start to establish this resonance within ourselves, we start activating uh, more of this internal wisdom and understanding. Um, that's when we start to build resonance. And then we can say, oh, you know what Jeff is saying about this thing that he just said, it actually resonates. It's like it resonates in my body. I know this is true because I discovered the truth of it within my own consciousness. So that's how we begin to relate uh, again from internal to external rather than just external and ignoring the internal process and connection. A few questions for you. When did you first start experiencing these contacts? Childhood. Childhood. I, I hear that a lot from people who relay, you know, similar types of, of I'll just say stories, histories for the, for themselves. Now, mm -hmm. I know that the audience and, and there's say some of the prior guests, they're, they're out there screaming, that's a ghost. That's your ancestors. That's an angel. That's a demon. That's a jinn. That's the fey folk. That's it, the daemon. Yeah. The daemon. Yeah. That's God. You know, whatever. Sure. Okay. The, it's illuminary. What you're, what you're saying is the name, the name doesn't matter. The it, name doesn't matter. And whether it's, and in some of these philosophies, I'll just say, some of these these entities can be con both good or bad. Now, in some cases, they can make the decision, but maybe it's more what you do with it, what we do with it, the recipient does with with which is how we interpret it to be good or bad. Maybe maybe they're they're never bad. It's just how we interpret or how we react. If you react with fear or whatever, maybe you interpret it as bad, but. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I'm dying to ask you to put a name on it, but I know that you're going to say I can't put a name on. It. I can just say, you know, an internal yet external intelligent uh, spirit or or entity. Um, I don't know. We uh, so I'm trying to come up with an acronym, but I can't, so I'll just skip over that. Um, did you always know that that it was benevolent? or educational or beneficial? Did you ever feel fear or, or feel that it was like a malevolent presence? Excellent question, Jeff. Um, I was, uh, in childhood, it was absolutely benevolent. It was in harmony with my being. Nobody had told me otherwise. Nobody had told me that this is bad or this is wrong or you're crazy. Uh, it was only when I started to uh, suppress it uh, and forget about it um, that when it did return again, it was absolutely terrifying. 
uh, I, of course, that's where fear comes from. It's like, I lost touch with who I am. So it's, of course, I'm going to be afraid. I don't know what this huge presence is. I'm going to interpret it in a fearful way because I, I don't know who I am, right? I'm trying to fit into this place. I'm trying to go along with the program. And as much as it, it, it was painful to reduce myself to this strange world and no, you, you know, the wonder stops here. You need to start thinking about educating yourself for, you know, a good job and making money and, you know, all of the programs that are in place um, to keep us entrained to this um, limited spectrum of reality. Now, what the, what I learned in childhood was we are connected to so much more. This gets suppressed for all of us. Um, and so once, and so the, the be, beings, okay, it's a matter of integrating over time, understanding that these are essentially aspects of ourselves that we have yet to integrate. So they come knocking on the door and they say, um, you know, for what feels like on my side, boo, like, okay, we're going to take you out through your window now, and we're going to float you above the parking lot. And uh, then we're going to shoot you out into space. And we're going to have a lot of conversations and help you remember some of these things. Um, so the, they have been teaching me, they I put in air quotes, always, because we have language here. And at at that time, it felt like they, okay, and they were scary. Uh, it was because I had unfamiliarized myself with uh, these aspects of who I am. So uh, it's a process of um, knowing that we are in charge at all times. And they taught me, a, they gave me a, a practice an emotional awareness practice that essentially helps you uh, heal and then embody more. So that the whole idea, what they're teaching me is it is all about embodiment now. But if there's no place for this more to go, because there's so much trauma and so much suppressed in the unconscious, the underworld uh, is another way of referencing that, um, then, then we just end up staying stuck and we continue to loop in this reality this matrix like reality because we don't know who we are so none of us here the three of us are 30 somethings um, we're all north of that i'm going to stop there the point of this is is that uh, obviously from childhood till 2001 when you met eduardo till now like what what path did you take and how did you encounter or learn about eduardo and i'll probably ask him a similar question, you know, and then at the point where the two of you intersected, uh, you know, sure. it'll sort of be a joint show at that point. Sure. Uh, I, well, I'll just say for most of my life, I was just floundering trying to figure out where I fit in. And I wrote a book about it, like just how, how, you know, where do I put this? No one can really help me because I can't find a place to put it. Um, comfortably. I can find some things, you know, like, oh, it's kind of that, you know, it's, and I can sort of relate to the ufology community, but only a little, you know. Um, 
experiencers. I could relate with experiencers. In fact, some of the experiencers I've been in touch with for many years uh, are in light dialogic and we're continuing this evolution together with, um, you know, coming online, I like to call it, and then communicating with each other across the board, not trying to explain it all the time to other people, but to speak directly to each other about, uh, you know, and, and generating resonance. I'll leave it at that. Um, and then more, uh, uh, ahas and revelations just uh, it goes exponential when you know it's like I think it's called it's like the where two or more uh, exponential resonance um, I would have visions I would have visitations one of them was <laughs> that was completely like off the wall like what the hell's going on uh, I lived in uh, north of San Diego um, in San Marcos California and uh, I got married for the second time, and I was um, desperately trying to be normal. I was trying to, there's a lot of activity, you know, and it was like, I, I, I just want the white picket fence, and I just, I, I, the dog and, you know, the kids and all of that. Um, but the more I tried to do that, the more experiences came. So one time I was, um, I was, taking some college courses and I was studying in the living room and all of a sudden all this energy comes over me and I'm just like, it, it's like very magnetic and I, I can barely move. And then, and then something will happen or I'm communicated to. Uh, so in my mind's eye, this um, Mesoamerican man was in my living room and he was like, stop what you do. This is ridiculous. You know, kind of like communicating to me about avoiding who I am and what needs to happen here. So he gets down on his knees and he's pounding the ground and he's in this garb. You know, I can see it all. I even sketched it afterwards. And he said, it's all about the mother now. It's all about the mother. You know, get on with it. Get on with it. You know, he's like, he was mad. And I didn't feel threatened or anything, but it's like I filed that away. And then uh, uh, I'm a singer songwriter. So I um, uh, had uh, written, you know, what ended up being three CDs of music after the Kundalini experience in 1998. And I was out performing and, you know, kind of small tours uh, and performing in downtown Santa Fe. Um, It was every Friday night. at La Posada Hotel. And um, when I went on a break, a friend came up and said, oh, you, you have to meet this guy that's here. He's a Mayan priest. And of course, this, <laughs> I got this zing inside, like, what? <laughs> Maybe he can help me understand who that guy was in my living room. And so I'll let Eduardo take over from there. <laughs> <laughs> Take over from there, but actually, I'd like to know your what's your origin story. Wow, boy, that's a good question. Um, it's a great story. What are you talking I, about? Yeah, but after many years of desperately trying to be successful in the world, I I became uh, 
fairly successful at owning my own company, I realized that I couldn't work for other people and I had to work for myself. And then I, I started doing well and had an advertising marketing firm in Boulder and doing very well. And uh, long story short, I decided to take a trip to uh, New Mexico and visit a friend and do some fly fishing there with him. And I had a run in with a wolf and I'm making this quick. And in this meeting with this wolf who put its paws on my shoulders and licked my face like it knew me, something happened to me, something I can't explain. And within that few moments afterwards, um, and this all happened in Chimayo, New Mexico, which is a, where there's a santuario, a sacred building there that maybe you're familiar with. I don't know. Uh, in, in any case, um, after this meeting with the wolf, I started hearing a, a woman's voice in my left ear telling me that the Mayan prophecies are within me. They're within your dwelling is the way that it was said to me, but it meant are within you. And from that time forward, everything that I thought I knew, I realized I didn't know. And I had this uh, great desire to learn everything I could learn about the Maya. Because if I heard that voice and it was, I was either crazy, I had, I had literally gone insane or something else occurred mm -hmm. that I can't explain. And so over a few years, I found out that that particular village was always visited by Mayan elders and they would come there to gather dirt from this sacred pond, actually, that had wolves that lived around there. And they used to call it the healing energy of the wolf. And they named this village TZI is the beginning of the spelling. C Mayo. And then later on, it became known as Chimayo when they spelled it and made the road signs. Uh, but this place was famous in the elders of Mesoamerica for the, the earth that you could go and gather and use it in healing practices back wherever you went, wherever you came from. And that is how my story started to try and find out everything I could about these Mayan uh, teachings, these prophecies. And then I soon decided to take a trip and went to Guatemala to, and to work with a, a, an elder, a Mayan elder, and he became ill. So I, I ended up not working with him, but I met another one while I was there. And he did a Mayan horoscope for me, which we call a cosmic identity. And he said, you don't know who you are, and but we do. And you're hula hoochbats. And that means the eleven monkey is the is the uh, what would mean in English, and that you're here to teach these Mayan teachings, and we've been waiting for you, is what he said to me. And so that's how my story began, how I started my path on on learning more or everything I could about the Mayan teaching. And then I don't know if it's coincidence or not. Uh, it but it might be serendipity. It might be synchronization. It may be another one where you're reaching for something that isn't there. But Hermes, the messenger, who is also associated with so many other gods in so many different pantheons, and also that has messenger characteristics, is often associated with the wolf. And so once you said that, I got a little shiver up my back because I was just reading something on that yesterday. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, the wolf is, you know, you know, it's I'm thinking of the wolf is something scary, you know, the Loki's son, you know, the, the, the comer of Ragnarok. And then I'm hearing the wolf, you know, you think of tricksters and whatever, but now I'm hearing 
the wolf is messenger. And here you are telling me that that, that was your story. So, you know, very cool. I, I, you know, I hope that doesn't sound too trite, but I think that, that I think that, like Eileen said, it's a great story. Um, so you actually pursued your path and you found elders who, who said, we've been waiting for you and we're going to teach you. So I, you know, I guess if we fast forward a little bit, they taught you the way or ways and you met Eileen at some point. And so that's sort of where our intersection point comes. Exactly. And so, and then how is it that you came, that you came to decide, this is what I have learned. This is what I have learned. Hey, but you know, you can put your chocolate in my peanut butter. And not be- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, she was performing at, at this beautiful little hotel in Santa Fe, and I lived outside of Santa Fe. And I had been hearing all around about how, what amazing singer this woman was, and that you have to go to, you know, La Posada Hotel and listen to her. So a friend who I really respected said, that he wanted me to have dinner with him that evening and we would go hear this woman sing. And that's how Eileen and I met. And when I heard her sing, I was amazed, blown away. An amazing voice, um, just beautiful music that she had written. And and uh, so when she walked over to me and said, I understand you're a Mayan priest, that was the magical moment that I was able to just say, well, I am, <laughs> but I... I don't really know what that means, but yes, that's true. I have been initiated and I'm not really a priest uh, because that's not the word we would use. Uh, we would we would use a student is probably the best word we could use as a student of these ancient teachings that we're connected to. Yeah. And, and then she proceeded to tell me about how she had had a vision of a, an elder um, who looked like a Mayan elder. Uh, Mesoamerican elder was a good way, a good word. And how he had told her, you know, we have to work for Mother Earth. And I knew that because that's what I had come back with the same lesson from Guatemala was that we have to do everything we can to preserve this beautiful planet because she is life to us. And and we have to do whatever we can to do that. And through these ceremonies, that's what we do. We keep making these offerings back to the earth to give thanks for our life here. And that's how we met. And, uh, I explained what I had just come back. I had just returned from being initiated on the fire path, doing 21 fires all over the, the temples, all over the Mesoamerican area there, mostly in Guatemala. Um, and uh, so when we sat and talked, I realized that she really had an interest in it. And 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 I actually didn't really know where I was. I was trying to fit back into the world again. I was, you know, I had been doing ceremonies for the last year. And um, so I didn't really know uh, how to fit in. And I don't fit in, actually, never will. And then she mentioned something like that, too. She said, I've never been able to fit in. And we started talking. And that's how we started discussing these. And she came to one of my fire ceremonies. And that was when she decided that she wanted to follow this path of why do people do these fire ceremonies and what do they mean? and What is this calendar system all about and what does it mean? And so there's, you know, that's when it all started to come together because everything in the, in the Cholkeh, which is the name that we refer to as the sacred human calendar of the Maya, Chol meaning to shuck the, take the husks off of the day and Kih is the day. So to shuck the day, to take the, the coverings off of the energy of each day and that teaching, those teachings are just 
the whole backbone of of this uh, Mesoamerican culture that the the Azteca and the Tolteca and uh, the all the indigenous peoples of all of them of Mesoamerica were doing some kind of of ceremony revolving around the sacred teachings of this the sacred calendar, and so when M when Eileen got in, interested in it, and like we started, I started sharing the wisdom with her. She said, "Wow, this is about the earth, and this is what I want to learn." And so that's when we started working together. And light was always the key. This was the key to the whole thing. You see, it was about us we're human beings but we're in we're light beings living in these physical yeah amazing wonderful and fantastic bodies and there's this being inside of us these light beings that are within these bodies that are actually more capable of doing things that we don't even think about doing but we are capable we've just forgotten you see but the egyptians knew it the 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 nordic people knew it the the all of the ancient civilizations knew it we just forgot when we started to become civilized. And so M was getting it from her source of beings that were coming and talking and sharing with her and, and teaching her. And I was getting it from these ancient people in Mesoamerica who didn't want to speak English and they didn't want to speak Spanish. They want to speak about their teachings because they know that's the truth. And we've been all waiting to hear it. Well, me, I'm Mr. Nosy. And I've been looking behind both of you to see what's a, so it looks like behind uh, Eileen is the world tree, uh, yeah. possibly either in the center of the earth or in, in some sort of in the galaxy or the universe. And mm -hmm. not just Idrisel, you've got the, you've got the top and the bottom, the roots. So the, the whole tree of life world tree, <laughs> which I think is actually called Maya in a lot of places. Yeah. Um, and behind Eduardo, you've got a jaguar which of course you were visited by four jaguars the four jaguar entities and i know that jaguar was a very regal you know from my knowledge of reading one book at called which was fiction called Aztec, the the jaguar knights were like the highest knights in you know next to the the, the high chief but also i mean there's also other probably authentic artwork i mean it's probably all authentic but i also see something that looks like maybe across and maybe the virgin so are you also a christian I wouldn't call myself a Christian, but I, I have a very firm confidence within me that Christ did, did exist and did live a life in Mesoamerica at one time. And the story of this master teacher uh, is, is uh, true from what I can tell and what I feel. Yeah, I've heard that, you know, again, Hermes, Toth, Osiris, that Jesus, that, that, it, it's been the same entity, you know, either living in 30 different bodies or, or coming in you know, different. And I, I've heard about the Maya, the different ages of man. Um, if you could take a stab at explaining the calendar and the ages of man, and then we're definitely going to get into resonance and the connection to the pyramids, because all of these cultures also build huge structures that seem to be beyond with their abilities should what we think their abilities should have been to build at those times. Um, and then we're going to go straight into your project now because we've been taking a lot of time and we've barely mentioned it. Um, you mean when you say take a stab, um, are you talking about you, like using like a, like a sacred, you know like a sacred uh, obsidian, obsidian knife? <laughs> no, no, to, no, to I don't try, want to. To try to cut yeah, the, no. yeah. 
it's yeah. the history. If you of think the, I actually know how to phrase the question properly? Yeah, I mean, you're on, <laughs> yeah, you me, I don't. The, uh, it is a beautiful obsidian knife yeah. that he just showed. Yeah, <laughs> too bad. And it's and it has a, a deer antler as the handle, so that that shows that it's connected to the the Nawal, the animal spirits that connect us all. And so, but I guess the in a nutshell, the history of humankind. Um, how far do you want to go back? Because as far back as you want to go. Okay. Well, we're finding out that, well, let's take uh, Gobekli Tepe, for example, which was about 12,000 to 13,000 years ago. But even then, if you go to, was the Sphinx created just 6,000 years ago, or was it really done 13,000 years ago? You see, we're just now starting to find out. In addition, because of LIDAR, we're capable of looking from a plane down and seeing beneath all the trees what was there. We're finding 10,000 ruins in, in Brazil area, in the, in the Amazon, and, and all over uh, Mesoamerica, of ancient people who lived there for thousands of years. And just Tikal alone was 1,830 years you know, of success. And then they split and went off and lived in the jungle and created other places like Palenque and like Chichen Itza. So I don't know. I mean, to me, uh, human beings are a part of this super universe and uh, may have been here a million years ago. And I think they probably were um, and successfully and took care of the planet successfully and and nurtured it and lived off of it and yet never damaged the streams There's, everything was pure water and the earth was clean and the air was clean until we went into this dark 500 i don't know a thousand years i don't know how long it's been that we went into this dark sleep that the the elders talk about saying we're going to go to sleep so cover everything over with dirt and they did they covered all their temples over just like gobekli tepe they covered them all over with dirt they knew we were going to go to sleep, and here we are waking up. So I don't yeah, know the, how the to answer that question. Yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, I can say with a high degree of objectivity that something, I don't know exactly what it was, but something changed in the in the way of humankind's relationship with the earth and each other around the time that we went from going from hunters and gatherers to settlements and, and farming. and And even just the act of farming started the, the destruction process of soil. Uh, and it's sort of been a, a cycle ever, ever since then. And that also seems to be when, I mean, nothing's uniform, but when a lot of the cultures that we all sort of came from, the root cultures sort of went from matriarchal to patriarchal. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, and I'm a, I'm a guy for those who don't know it. Uh, very, <laughs> very, very pleased to be uh, just a plain vanilla cisgendered male. Uh, so I'm not saying men are bad and women are great, but uh, but there is something that that changed, and it, it seems like for the worse, uh, from being the hunters and gatherers to being in air quotes the more civilized, you know, uh, agrarian settlement, citified, civilized persons and i'm pretending that everybody lived in perfect peace and harmony before that but no one can really say that we have been since true yeah so there's something to that for sure um all right so you guys met 
you talked, obviously you made a, a connection. It seemed like both of your experiences resonated with each other. And over the last 20 years, you've been teached co-students, I'll call it, just to use Eduardo's terms. Um, I think that Eileen would say that Eduardo was a teacher in a large way, large way but I know that Eduardo is going to shake his head and say, no, we, we, we taught each other and just taught each other different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you felt or felt compelled that that was a synergy there, that you were teaching the same things, maybe just from different perspectives, and that Eduardo could give a certain vantage point to it and Eileen could give another. And I know a lot of it has to do with the light and the sound. Um, And so I'd like to hear about that, but I don't want to forget about the connection of pyramids and and the pyramidal structure and how a lot of people are saying that they, they are basically almost like resonance batteries, that they were ways to harness certain energies from the, not just outside of the earth, not just from the air and the cosmos, but also from the inside, that inner sun you were talking about, whether you want to call them tectonic plates or crustal displacement or magma flow, gravity, whatever, that they were, they were basically amplifiers. So is there, is that part of your teachings as well? I'll start with Eduardo on this because of the Maya and the pyramids, that's probably what they're most famous for. I'd like to just say first, if I may, that this will actually show how how we uh, come together. Um, my experience of, let's say, the pyramids, um, or anything for that matter, is always experiential. I always have an experience, and I'm shown, you know, from this intelligence. Here's um, here's what the energies are. Uh, of the pyramid. And here's how you are a pyramid as well. And then I would feel all of the energy and it would show me what that was about. Then, you know, say I, I, I bring it up to Eduardo and he says, oh, well, that's interesting. I just, um, you know, read that synchronistically, I just read this uh, material or saw this material and it speaks to that. You know, and so it's like we're bringing the the inner, uh, the internal and the external together. So the direct experience, um, and, and Eduardo has direct experiences too, obviously. Um, but his he has a wonderful way of bringing together all this wisdom, and then also integrating, uh, you know, what I have shared and what has come through me uh, about this particular time in the calendar, in the cosmos, uh, where we have this enormous opportunity to awaken to all of this data, again, that I was talking about earlier, that we can understand this within ourselves, not just with our rational thinking linear mind, but by employing or reanimating uh, the technology that has been buried within us or suppressed. I just wanted to say that. Thank you. No, <laughs> Eduardo. <laughs> Oh, you have been my M. You have been my teacher. Um, oh, M is my kind of my nickname. From yeah, in case you're getting yeah, confused. Yeah, <laughs> and, amateur initials. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. it's so important for me to acknowledge that uh, the understanding that she has brought through that made so much sense that I was getting all wrapped up in the physical aspects of it. For example, the pyramid. And finding out that below the pyramid in the earth is also um, where the sacred energy is coming from, from the center of the Mother Earth. 
And that's why they built the pyramids where they built them, because there are ley lines that are of energy that they were tapping into that we now call the electromagnetic frequency of our Earth. And these ley lines directly connected to the pyramid, the, the, the mid meaning the, in the middle and pyro meaning within the fire within the middle. All of that was important to understand because the elders of many indigenous peoples on planet Earth knew this. And they also knew how to, how to build grids under the Earth 25 feet below the, the level of Earth. They were creating these electromagnetic um, grids, if you will, that were connecting to the electromagnetic frequency of Earth so they could create power. And yeah, you know, Nikola Tesla was trying to convince all of us that we needed to take a look at this a long time ago. Uh, but the, all the indigenous people knew it. And, and so the one thing I do definitely want to cover is how the serpent energy below each pyramid is almost more important than the pyramid itself because it connects this, um, again, I'll use the word portal. If you take the, the, the uh, pyramid of Chichen Itza, uh, of, it's called the pyramid of Kukulkan meaning the feathered serpent, but we take it to mean that it's a, a serpent that flies. Well, their understanding is, is that when you entered into the mouth of the serpent here on earth, that you would pat, travel through a wormhole to the stars and they could come and go. Okay. Now, was that what was happening? I think so. And if you take a look at some of the work of, of Wayne Herschel out of uh, the United Kingdom, and look at what he's brought from, you know, found out about what was going on in Chaco Canyon, what was going on in, in not only Chichen Itza, but all over um, Mesoamerica, down in Inca world. And, and uh, so, so you see, it gets um, exciting because we have this understanding now that it's all about light and it's all about going within. And this is the stuff that Eileen has brought through in her teachings of we must go within to dialogue with our creator instead of trying to communicate out there somewhere it's already there and if you listen to what christ and other masters have said that the the real thing we're looking for the real they used he i think the word that was used in the bible was the kingdom but i don't think that's the correct word i think it was something like the the important place within is within the kingdom of heaven is within us and this important place, the portal. the portal, is within us, okay? So when you take a look at the Mayan teachings, and they have this T that's cut into the, the glyph of Ik, I-Q. It means to breathe and go within through the portal that connects us to the stars. And if you look at all the ancient teachings, we're all going to say the same thing, that you have to go within in order to connect to your creator. It's true. I mean, Odin did the nine days on the tree. I mean, you know, walkabouts, vision quests. And Eileen and developed a, a whole a whole understanding and put it in her book. And it was all revolving around the word koyopa, which is a Mayan word for the serpent energy or the lightning within the blood, which is getting or kundalini. Or kundalini. Sanskrit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and is able to teach people how to dialogue out loud, yelling and screaming and crying and doing whatever we have to do, but to dialogue out loud 
so that our bodies could resonate with our voice through sound. And it's the combination of the, uh-huh. the energy of the sound that we're making as we're talking our truth out loud. We start to go within and we connect to this sacred place. And the sacred place is the pyramid within. It's that light within. You see how it all starts to make sense? Sure. It's, it, it, it's <laughs> almost like if you're your own chalice and, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. you it's are. the hermetic. Mm-hmm. We are. <laughs> below, but inside. Yes. It's, it's Star David. It, it's compacted into one vessel, and that's yes. you. I, yeah. The- and it is bioenergetic. It is a felt experience. So it's not something that we're just um, talking about. That's all we do. We do all that so well, don't we? We just we love to talk about stuff like, oh, yes, we should go within. Yes, we must go within. <laughs> OK, let's do it. Let's do it. And then it's it's you know, it's fascinating to me because so many times I've worked with people and you get to that space of, OK, here's here's some action that you can take. Here's something that you can do. To, to begin this process yeah. of unpacking and then uh, reigniting uh, this technology within. But as soon as you, you can watch the programming, you can watch the programming come up behind someone's eyes and this glaze sets in like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll do that. I'm, you know, I got to do this now, or I got to go over here. Then the distractions start. I don't have time, you know, who has time, right, for this sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's, it, it is fascinating because once you've gone within and had an experience, a bioenergetic experience, then you have a marker for how, oh, oh, yes, I felt that that was real. That was a real marker. It wasn't just a talked about marker. Um, and so then you can find that again and you can build on it each time so this is one of the things we do uh, at light dialogic is we we practice the dialogue we uh, i bring through the transmissions eduardo teaches the mayan wisdom and how that all comes together so we do have experiencers there like i mentioned before Um, but what we're finding is that when the experiencers talk to each other um, whether you call yourself an experiencer or not, um, something happens that starts to unlock people. Like it's like they just kind of go, I'm not an experiencer, but this is feeding me. This is informing me and empowering me. Uh, and it's, it's just unlocking something within me. So there's no plan for light dialogic. We show up, we have the certain events, uh, that we plan every month and, um then it shows us we're showing each other where this moves and grows and changes but it has been referred to as an incubator uh from this inner intelligence um that i brought through that it is it's kind of like a multi-dimensional incubator for people to come and um you know relax into it i asked the members to tell me recently what what uh, give me three words to describe uh, what this community is doing for you. And so much of it was, um, you know, a, a safe space. Um, I can, I can practice being who I am. I don't have to think so much. I'm, uh, so much love, so much, um, uh, un- understanding and revelations. And, you know, it's, so it's, it's supporting people in 
that inner uh, journey and, and then coming together to practice speaking that truth to each other instead of just keeping it inside. There's a place to come together. Um, I didn't find that on regular social media. I, I desperately <laughs> tried for a while to be a part of the experiencer groups, but um, it, it seemed like they were, were still in the, um, a, a lot of the confusion around many different levels of experiencers. You know, um, some people have been at it for a while and some people it just began. And that's not to say that, that that's where the, you know, we build a hierarchy. It's not a hierarchy. It's just simply that uh, some people have engaged with this intelligence more than others. Some like to stay in the fear. Um, so resonance was, we could never really, from what I could see, there were moments of resonance. But um, resonance is what is what my guidance is saying. This is so important right now that you start to build a community that actually resonates that that isn't just um, fighting with each other or wanting to be the best or the winner or that, you know, there's no hierarchy. It's simply, um, who are you? What do you have to share with us? What's your data that you're receiving? Let's play with this. Let's see what's what unfolds. Yeah. Well, I can vouch that Eileen's definitely not trying to sell anything because I've never had a potential guest try to give me so many opportunities to turn them down as guests as, as she did. <laughs> Well, it was step by step for me. We haven't actually talked a lot about uh, this private community um, out in public. And here, this is interesting. Thanks for bringing that up because it was a process for me. It was like, okay, I'm not getting a no. I'm not getting a no. It seems like it might not be a fit, but I'm not getting a no. So energetically, it was never a no. And so that final question, I, I, or I, 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 I just gave you another out. Like, if you're not really interested in what you're reading and what you're seeing, we're totally fine with not showing up. The funny thing is that your final no was actually a thing that made me convinced that it was absolutely a yes. Um, oh, okay. That's where I'm like, yeah, that's really, really. Like, before I'm like, I don't really know what she's talking about. I mean, you know. What I, the I, hell is she talking I about? And I watched this, and, and, and then she told me, well, we're doing something else now. And I'm like, okay, what the, then, then you send me the final note. Are you sure you want to do it? Watch this or read this. And, and I did. I'm like, yeah, I absolutely want that on there. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so, um, but the, listen, I also get, first of all, we're strangers. Second of all, the show call is called Garden of Doom. It's not exactly on brand for what you're trying to, right. for the message you're well, trying to get out there. Hey, we know what Doom feels like. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. <laughs> Jeff, if, if I may add something, when I looked at your logo and I saw the skeleton, um, it didn't frighten me because we we have a glyph, a day mm-hmm. sign that is the skeleton's head, and it's referred to as Kame. And Kame is death and birth, but they happen in the exact same moment that there right. is no death. It's only transformation. And so I don't have a problem with with seeing i have two t-shirts with the skull on my on my chest right and and (laughs) so so it's it's also an understanding that it's sometimes through the movement we call death that we actually get it that we finally understand that there is no death there's only transformation and so 
the garden would be the place where we would say, this is where we plant the seeds for the future. These are the seeds, light seeds that are going to help us in the future. And this is what I heard in your opening monologues there of all the different voices. And what you were saying is that we have to, you know, we have to change. No question about it. We do. And it's through understanding who we really are that we have to start at that place. Yeah. So I want to pick up on that. Uh, so, you know, the, the paradigm shift that I was talking about earlier, which you, you both seem to agree with, that that was only sort of phase one. And that was the that was a major phase. But phase two seems to have been to take the serpent, which was associated with water and fertility and the feminine and turn it into the bad guy, where ultimately right now the, the serpent is basically the devil, you know, yeah. the enemy of yeah. everything. And I think that if everybody looks at the history of pretty much everywhere, every place, except for the Far East, where they never bought into that, the serpent was always sort of, and remains sort of good luck and good fortune. But everywhere that typically the Indo-European languages took over or had influence, the, the, the serpent at some point, not immediately became the bad guy. And then not just not just well a bad guy a rival something to be slain whether it's leviathan or trigon or or the hydra or whatever that, you know and that's not how the serpent started and that and that's not where the serpent is in a lot of cultures including this one so that was phase two phase phase three is not really phase three this is question three which is where i think you want to get to because i talked to a lot of guests about what they call the great reset and the Great Reset doesn't always mean the same thing to all people, but it's in a similar vein. And it's never really something good unless you follow the entire progression that if you accept XYZ, you will be saved and you will come out at the end of, you know, Kingdom Come or, or, or whatever. I don't mean to pick on that particular one, but that's the most commonly known. Um, what you're saying is the Great Reset is not necessarily something bad at all. It's actually something positive that if you embrace the these awakenings if you get in touch with your inner kingdom that this is actually a, a great opportunity you know for all the for all the doomsayers out there including myself i in my lifetime however bad we are to each other we've gone from four billion people to eight billion people we just crossed it so i mean we're we're, we're clearly not doing bad well enough i mean we're doing something we're doing something right to to at least multiply if not being fruitful so what so let's take it from there. So let's take your version of the reset. I don't mean to put words in your mouth. I just don't know another term. But, uh, you know, what what is your interpretation of the reset and how should people approach it, embrace it, go forward from here? Because you said this moment in time. What 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 is it about this moment in time? Is there something to do with the calendar? That I, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should start with that then. Yeah, go ahead, Eduardo. The, I mean, the reset to me is what we've been talking about. It's like you can remember who you are. Uh, prime time to do that. It's it's like coming out of the cave into the sunlight. When you've been in the cave for 13,000 years and you come out into the sunlight, it's overwhelming. It's It's difficult to deal with because you're not used to it. And that reset is the realization that there's more rather than just the tunnel. There's more than just living in the darkness. 
And and as we start to recognize that there's more, the heart begins to have coherence with other hearts that have come out of their cave. And as we come out of those caves and we see each other, that there's this hope that the seed of hope is planted in the garden. And I, I actually feel that that's what's happening. And M, Eileen brought through a message back in 20 that I, we listened to uh, the last couple of days, that I listened to a couple of times, that talks about this kind of a reset. Um, what's the word that you use in that, in that uh, message, M? It wasn't, it was the um, recovery, like to, to understand our, accepting grace we the acceptance of our grace was difficult to do for human beings when they had no idea they were so amazing and wonderful and fantastic and i think that's the great reset in my opinion you know coming i'm sorry i can't remember the name of the one i sent you but um it the it is i love that uh analogy of coming out of the cave and and you know, it's like you could you could use the metaphor of, of Plato's cave, you know, in yeah. that in that case too. Um, that we're seeing each other, we're looking each other in the eye, and this is really what we're developing at Light Dialogic, and it's it, it, it's not intended to just be online. Uh, the overall vision that came after we did a fire ceremony at Chaco Canyon, um, which is a another whole story. We could do a whole. <laughs> conversation on Chaco Canyon. Um, you know, it, it was to uh, develop, to, to, to build this space for resonance. And we, we have some, we have about a, a couple of dozen members now um, and, and just incredible people, incredible beings that are, are showing up and, you know, they're either saying, I don't really know why I'm here, but I feel like I should be here. Right. Um, to people who are like, I absolutely, this is, I've been waiting for something like this. You know, I, I want to, to connect with others like me who are coming online and we can see, you know, you, you, you can see what's happening in the world. You don't necessarily react to it. It's not like something that affects you. It's, it's because once you come online, you realize, oh, that it's not to fix things out there. It's to help people reconnect within so that they know who they are and the bullshit doesn't work. Uh, you know, no matter what political affiliation you have, the bullshit is everywhere, Jeez. everywhere. There isn't one that's good and one that's bad. That's, that's the trap. That's what keep, keeps people uh, recycling in this matrix is it's it's like it's always the fight the back and forth fight but once you start once you reset right within your consciousness it's all about consciousness once you reset that um you start to become aware of so much more uh not just you know in a multi-dimensional way um which is your original design according to this intelligence um that i translate uh, this is how we were designed and this, and we have been suppressed. Now, 
nobody has any power over us unless we agree to give that power on some level. It might, it's probably mostly unconscious for people, but that's the point is as long as you're suppressing all of this unconscious wounding and trauma, not just your own, but multi-generations, ancestral trauma, uh, it is, you can be tricked if you are not actively healing and dialoguing with something greater than, you know, this, this light, this presence, I should say, uh, because it's a palpable feeling presence that guides. And it is waking a lot of people up. And when I say wake up, I don't mean that you just start to see, you know, the cabal and this and that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get over it. You know, it's you that needs to address this within your own consciousness. And that's what transforms our world. Nothing else. I think that you're hundred percent correct on that. Uh, Edward, maybe you can take a, I'm not going, oh I was about, to, I was about to say, take a stab again. I'm, I can't, I'm not going to <laughs> get your <laughs> knife out. Eduardo. <laughs> what, uh, what part of the Mayan calendar or, or interpretation of procession slash time uh, makes this the time, the, the synchronicity, the time to, to embrace this? Why is this the best time or the essential time to do so? Okay, good question. When we take a look at the December 21st, 2012, that day after was called the day of the new sun. Uh, in the uh, long count calendar system, we went from the 12th Baktun and then 19 Katun, 19 Tun, 19 Kanil, all of these old numbers switched over to 13. We have it in, in the Kiiche languages, Oshlahu, zero, 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 zero. And we switched over to the 13th Baktun in the Mayan teachings in the sacred calendar. Oshlahu or 13 means transformation. So we're now in this time of transformation, and they call it the new sun. So we went in on December 22nd, uh, 2012, we went into the first day of the Baktun, the 13th Baktun. And we, we went out of, of four Akpu, which was the day of, of the sun, into five uh, Imosh, which is time of, of, of many, many changes and much insanity and a lot of things that were going to be happening. And then we went quickly in to a, a, this time of us recognizing that we are so much more. So that, in a nutshell, is what occurred. And interestingly enough, that night, it, the, the sun rose the next morning in the so-called ring of the ball court. And it's actually the dark rift in the Milky Way. And that ring in the ball court is, are, is the sun going through this hole. And that occurred all on December 21st, 2012. So it wasn't the end of the world, but it was the beginning of a new time, a new era, a new um, way of feeling, a new way of thinking, you see. So in 13 Baktun, it is the transformation of human consciousness. 
and also an awareness that we have to do something different. And we can't keep doing things the way we've been doing them because we're destroying this beautiful planet. We have is to stop. One, yeah. Is this one of those five ages of man or is that an entirely different concept? Well, they call it like the, the they, yeah, they call it the fifth the fifth sun. Yes. The okay. the Maya call it the fifth sun and the and I think that the Azteca call it the sixth sun or vice versa. I'm confused about that right now, but the point is is that it is a new light and and there are many people who will disagree with this, but my teacher said to me that we will enter the time into this photon belt of the Pleiades, the of Elcyon of Hun Hunak Pu. We will enter into this photon band of light that's being produced by our central sun. And we've been all moving like this in a horizontal movement. And now as we entered into the sun, which this light, this new light that's coming and it's in a, a vertical position, we're now in that light. And that is the critical point that M. Eileen has been talking about for a long time and her information that she's been getting we are entering into this new time when human beings will consciously reset. We will have a reset in all of us. Now, what we do after that moment is up to us because yeah. everybody has a choice. All right. That is wonderful. How can folks follow or support you or join up and or join the learnings? Um, you know, what, what can you tell us about that? Uh, the, the, uh, URL is community.lightdialogic.com. And we have, uh, we actually still have a two week free trial up. It's a subscription. Um, you can come in and just explore. And if it's not for you, um, you can leave. Um, so we have that uh, for people to just kind of come in and get a feel and see if it's for them or not. Um, it's, it, it's, it's there for people to just uh, test the waters. Yeah. Okay. Any other social media, your book, anything like that? Eduardo has a book. I have a book. Eduardo, you want to talk about your book? My book is, is called Yashel. It's Y-A-X-E-L. We pronounce X as sh in, in Ki'iche. So it's Yashel the Giver. And I wrote it as a novel to tell a story about how all of these Mayan calendar systems work in our daily lives. And it is in communication with a being who comes through a portal and shows up in, a, in the earth in New Mexico. Very cool. it's, it's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of wisdom in it. Yeah. How do you how do you get a book? You can go on Apple I on Apple Books or you can um <laughs> email us and I'll get you a um information on how to get the book. Unfortunately, we don't market ourselves the way that most people do. <laughs> we we even though I could, because I used to have many, many clients who trusted me as a marketing and advertising guy. <laughs> Uh, we worked together we, yeah, for years yeah, and, and we did marketing it. Yeah. and advertising, television. and We know how media. to do it. Yeah. We're just very yeah. conscious just, of how, yeah. how uh, damaging it may be sometimes to have an overabundance of, of commercial messages where we feel like people are being bombarded mentally and, and 
and in a in an angry voice kind of way, many people are trying to sell you things you really don't need. And so we're very critical of of that kind of of uh, approach. However, um, my book can be made available, and if they want, they can send an email to one one b a a t z at gmail dot com. And let me know that you're interested in my book, and I'll be glad to uh, send you a copy. And my name is is Ed, it's, it's under Eduardo Griego. And Eileen's book, uh, which she wrote, she finished writing it here in Colorado. Um, wonderful book. Tells the story. Really does. Uh, yeah, that's on Amazon. Koyopa, Contact Within. K-O-Y-O-P-A, K-O-Y-O-P-A Contact Within. The plumed serpent rises, uh, meaning that this is actually something that happens within. Yeah. Uh, Kukul Khan or, uh, you know, the flying serpent is, uh, I'm, I'm understanding everything now. Uh, un- you understand that once you go within and you go, oh, that's what that symbol <laughs> means. That's what yeah. that symbol yeah. means, right? Um, and I also uh, did a 13-episode uh, uh, book podcast audiobook podcast um called translating infinity and it it goes from the beginning of my story um all the way to um well it's still ongoing uh, but i ended it at 13 episodes and that if people are interested in uh, the story of contact um and the evolution of it in my life and you know through my perception and my worldview um, I just felt like I needed to capture it all, um, you know, beyond it, just a little bit more detail than what I brought through with the book. Yeah, and I'm, I'm assuming that the 13 was not by accident at all. That was <laughs> actually it was. It was. It was like, oh well, this is pretty perfect. Yeah. I feel like I'm complete with this. Yeah. yeah. The 13 of bad luck is really very recent and over, you know, one particular event, as I understand it, which uh, is strange. 13 everywhere else is pretty special yes you know there's so much programming to move us away from the special things you know by calling them demonic (laughs) yeah yeah and uh you find out oh that's you know they keep it's a way to keep us in fear it's a way to extract our energy uh as long as we don't know what the hell's going on and we don't know who we are they they can profit off of it big time so what again once we remember who we are and this is actual, this is doable. This is not, people like to call this woo. Well, I dare you. I dare you to enter into this and feel all that you can feel about who you are and what comes up for you to look at and to, to heal and to release and, and to allow more of this light in. Uh, we're going to be watching more and more people um, you know, go crazy, if you will, because mm-hmm. uh, this is extreme high frequency light coming in. And, and if you're not opening to it, and not ready, it's, it's going to make you crazy. So just know that when you're feeling off balance, um, it's okay. It's okay to feel off balance. It's okay to feel crazy in this world. Uh, because this is a an insane way to live. Uh, w- with all of these limitations and pretending to be smaller than we are, that's what what makes us crazy. And you have the power to uh, direct your intention, attention, and intention 
uh, inward and to rediscover this uh, source power that you're connected to. Well, two last things from, from this end. Uh, most of you know that I'm a professional wrestling fan, and I'm sure that Eileen and Eduardo have gathered that from seeing my shirt and the things behind me, because I'm sure I'm not. The- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we're in professional wrestling. When you go, woo, that's a good thing. So woo is okay in, in, in our world. <laughs> good. <laughs> so, I like it. And I have tried to do outros the same way manually that I did the intro, and they've been nothing but disastrous. But I just want you all to know if there was an outro and there won't won't be, it would have been CNC's Dance Factory. We've got the power. We're just talking about how it's getting it's getting it's getting kind of hectic. But I've got the power. So we have the power. So, yes, I love it. So you all know the song. All of it played in your own head in your own head. But I want to thank Eileen and Eduardo, who might have been reluctant to to come on, but they came on board. I think that you had a pleasant time. I did. I thought it was fantastic. Absolutely. It was great. Thank great. You. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Wonderful. Thanks to both of you. And folks, thank you for tuning in. Give them a follow, buy their books, check out the program, at least take advantage of the free uh, two-week trial. Why not? What have you got to lose? Um, and, you know, give us a rating, a review, a referral. Now now I feel guilty about marketing myself. Um, <laughs> you know, all of you stop listening. Be done. <laughs> I've seen I've, I love it. Too. All right, everyone. Take care. Thank Thanks you. a lot. And listen to us next week in Garden Doom. Thanks again to the guests, Eileen and Eduardo. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff.